Welcome back, everyone, to episode 83 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where three great friends get together and just talk about video games. I'm Dan LaMarca. As always, I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? And Shelby White. How we doing, everyone? I answer am doing Dan, well. Dan. <laughs> Daniel. Okay. You know what? It's not time to really think about it, and I'm not going to let it uh, bother me anymore. You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm gonna Before I say Shelby White, I'm going to say, doing good, Dan. Thanks. And Shelby White. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start doing. No, it's, like said, it's fine. You know, it's you know I shouldn't keep ignoring you. You're right. No, Dan, it's okay. I know how you feel. He's so complacent now. He caused such a hubbub about it last week. <laughs> he's he's come to he's come to terms with it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start off uh, like we have been lately. How are you guys doing? How are we holding up? Any anything new? Anything bugging you? Anything you know? What's going on? Uh, I, I'm starting to really feel the effects of being stuck inside. Mm -hmm. and having like like at first it was all right here's some time off you know like rest still working and everything like that but a a little rest from having to bounce around all the time like Mm -hmm. going place to place but now i'm i'm feeling like the stir craziness like my body's hurting i'm like all right i just want to go outside and go back to my normal shit again you know right that sort of stuff like my body's realizing that i need some sun I need to move around, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> there's only so much shit you can do inside. Yeah, it's we went, rainy. yeah, yesterday, so yesterday, uh, it was a nice day, Beautiful. and we went to, like, a local beach where there was, like, nobody there, and just walked around for, like, an hour, it was nice. Nice, nice. Um, but Dan, how you holding up? You doing okay? Yeah, doing okay, man. How you been? I've been all right. I had a few days off from work, so I've been enjoying those uh, those days. Because for me, this is this doesn't really feel like the only reason it feels like a quarantine is because I haven't seen my friends or my parents. Right. Um, but I'm still still working my normal full time hours, if not more. Um, so the days off that I just had in a row have been very nice. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, it also afforded me time to beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh, good awesome. Game, man. Yeah. Uh, I know all three of us are playing it. Um, I'm obviously not going to spoil anything. Um, I will say, do you know that feeling when you're playing a game and you're just like, I am lo- like, I love this. Like, that's what I had throughout the entirety, my 36 hours in this game. I was just like, I love this. Like, I'm absolutely loving it as I'm playing it. And there are parts that are frustrating, and there are parts that are go on a little bit too long. But it just gave me that feeling that, like, you know, the great games give you where it's just like, man, this is so good. Like, all the time, I kept thinking that. Did you ever have, like... Walk into an area. I mean, I had it, too. And I just walk into an area, and I just look around. (laughs) <laughs> for like five minutes oh, oh yeah gosh, great this is amazing well the game is beautiful and it's it's so much fun to like enter a new area and be like holy shit look at this check this out um, right there's not much to like it's a very linear game so it's not like you're going off the beaten path and finding something cool like there's not a lot of that but just the the locations themselves are like really really fun to just like you know gaze upon and check out and stuff so Oh, for um, sure. Where are we all at in the game? I know I, I just said I beat it. Um, 
I know Dan got it a couple weeks later than us, or at least a week later than us. I'm in um, chapter eight, so uh, for, I don't know. This isn't. Um, I uh, everybody knows Aerith, so yeah. this is where Aerith quite uh, a bit. Uh, so I'm at that that stage in the game, and I'm really I'm. You know what? I know I was hesitant last time we talked, but I'm so glad I got it, and it's it's actually incredible. I was telling Dan before this that. Um, you know, every gripe that I had, you know, and again, this game, you know, they're going to make other sequels and stuff like that. So there's there's still time to ruin it. But as of now, uh, I mean, everything that I, every issue I had with it, um, they've they've tweaked and they've made better. And I mean, there's nothing I can complain about it. Um, well, there's something I need to clarify with you about that. Are you saying in comparison to the original? Comparison you're to happy the original. with the changes? That's what you're saying? Totally. 100%. Because... Okay. You know, I'm not going to give anything away here, um, but I don't necessarily think the word remake in the title means what you think it means. What do you mean? I think that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> hey. A very ambiguous <laughs> statement there. I, th- I, this game does some things that I really, really love. Uh and in the way that it it plays with the structure of the game and and people's expectations and uh, it, there's a lot of meta stuff going on in, in multiple layers and I think it's really really effective f- like 95% of the time in, in what it's doing this is a game where the second Dan and Shelby you guys are finished with this game we are sitting down and doing a spoiler cast because there's a lot to talk about especially in the final hours and but it, so i mean not to, i mean i guess i should wait but it, it changes on the original like like so I, i'm not sure what you mean by by what you were saying is that yeah and that and you shouldn't <laughs> like you won't until you're finished and then we can talk i mean the thing, for that things yeah. that i had issues with um I mean, you're not going to lie. Now that, you know, now thinking about it, I mean, there's still some things that, you know, bother me. Some characters are still, you know, like we've, we've talked about Barrett before. Barrett, you know, uh, you know, they didn't really change that. He's still, um, he's still, a little too, he's still now, here's something interesting. Cause I was reading like facts about the game. They tried to do that. Like he was based off of Mr. T. Yes. Around that time. But the problem is Mr. T was, uh, caricature in his time and in 1997 they probably should have known that <laughs> mr t is a stereotype yeah, a little, and you shouldn't yeah um so i'm glad that in well again i, I don't want to say too much mm-hmm. barrett gets his moments to shine and and you know be able to like tell the world and you know the screen uh, like what he believes in and, and yeah, that stuff. He also awesome. gets to express more than one emotion. Yeah, and so they've definitely done a very, very good job with him overall. I, the funny part is this first opening part, the part that was the demo, mm-hmm. like that whole hour, or whatever, is like, I think like one of the weakest parts of the game. Like, now, what, I didn't play the demo. What, what was? It's the, demo? the first reactor. It's very okay. beginning, like oh, all right, all right. You know, so, there's a little bit. There's like a cutscene before the demo, and then basically the demo starts when the train pulls in in the beginning. Okay, so you just missed the opening cinematic. Basically. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that part, I mean, it's good. It shows off the combat well, but it's like, as far as the story, like, it's the most, like, disjointed, like, character interaction in the whole game. Like, the way these characters develop and, and form relationships in this game is, like, one of the best parts of the entire game. Right. And so, like, it's funny that the, that part was the demo, and, of course, it's the beginning of the game, so that's it's a good part to have as a demo, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really not showing off, like, what the game is doing so well, you know? Right. Right. I'm at, currently, I know, uh, Dan, I think you just said you were at, like, Chapter 8. Yeah. I'm at chapter 14 at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm at one of the points where you have a bunch of uh, side quests to do again. And I actually finished them all except for one because I can't figure out how to finish it. Which one is it? Um, Don Corneo's okay. vaults. Yeah. So like I'm running around and I can't. Well, yeah. One of the things I have to do is go into the sewer and I can't get back into the sewer. I don't know how to do that. So. Right. So the, the the only this is this is something there are two things that people should know about this game and one of them like before they get to it, one of them is that. So I'll tell you, Shelby, the yeah. main story takes you back to Don Corneo's place. Oh, okay. Do that and then during that time you'll get the next step of that quest and then you need to like stop and finish it. All right, all and right. then continue the main story. Okay, that makes sense. That's I was something like they around, do not I was like, I know, well. Yeah, I was like, I know where the sewer is, but I don't know how to get back into it. Right. You know. So, uh, all right, cool. All right, that the makes sense. The second thing that people need to know, because I made a huge mistake twice doing this, <laughs> is there's a point. It's right after where Shelby's at, where it says like, "Hey, are you are you ready to do this?" Because you better finish up any unfinished business you have. Like it's a point of no return kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Very clear about it. They tell you, you know, go finish a side quest. They basically tell you. Um, what they don't tell you is that you have another like seven to 10 hours after that. So <laughs> when you get to that point of no return, you might be like, ooh, this is like two hours left. It's, yeah, it's 10 o'clock at night. I could finish this. Like, do not. Do not be me. <laughs> it is not the best way to play that game. Uh, doing the final boss at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> and getting frustrated is not, not ideal. Um, I, it was so funny. I ended up, obviously I won't talk about it, but I ended up d- doing the final boss three tries at 5.30 in the morning and getting frustrated and I shut it off and came back in the morning and beat it first try, no problem. <laughs> like, I was just like, it was one of those where I'd, I'd been playing for too long and I, I was too tired, it was too late. Uh, <laughs> and I was just, it, it's that Dark Souls feeling of like, all right, I need to put this down for a minute, I'll come right. back and, and he, you know, the, the boss was no problem. So Nice, nice, nice. But nice. yeah, it's, it's very deceiving and there are multiple points in that game where you're like, oh, is this where it's going to end? Oh, is this where it's going to end? <laughs> like, it keeps doing that to you. So it's like, <laughs> give yourself breaks on that final section. Don't try to do it all in one sitting. Perfect. All right, good <laughs> to know. Yeah, it's something you should know. <laughs> it's something I wish I knew. Um, But yeah, let me hear some thoughts. I mean, we, we've just talked about where we are and some little things here and there. But Dan, you said you're, you're pretty pleased with some of the changes they're making. All right, so I think for me, the... One of the, my biggest gripes, actually, maybe more, it was a gripe because, uh, you know, I beat the, the original game 
and I just did so had so many so many questions, and uh, a lot of that revolved around Cloud and Sephiroth's relationship. Um, I really like what they're doing with their relationship here. It it appears very different from what I remember of the original game, where uh, you said it best yourself that like Sephiroth is sort of a ghost, and it seems like everything that every interaction with Roth, it seems like there was like a real past there. That there's stuff that already happened that Sephiroth, you know. He, he might be some sort of ghost and I really really like that I think that's really really interesting um, I mm. think it's more interesting than the first time uh, playing th it through and right. um, asked me about that guy Roach or Roach I'm sorry from uh, the original game yeah he's totally new he's totally new guy yeah ends up it's like a complete you know complete utter delight because he's just so much it's so over the so top. over the top but it's so so good i, I thought he was great him. i loved him <laughs> that segment is so much fun and that that entire i i really think and, and we'll, we'll get into more details in, on the spoiler cast when we do it but i really think that's the section that sold me where i was like okay this is fun i like this combat i like this combat but you know the story is same old you know uh you know your average anime thing and then that section where you go to Jesse's house and you do all that stuff and then you have that fight with Roche and then you have the other fight and then Roche comes in and it's like that whole bit, it got, it made me realize like, okay, there's some new blood that's making this game. It's not the same old people and and sure enough, like, as the game goes on, there's more and more of that. And I, I just love the way they ride this fine edge of being super serious and having a lot of fun. And it's like the way that stuff all intermingles is so well done in this game and such a nice surprise. Yeah, for, I mean, for eco-terrorists, they're really having a great time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chapter 8, and that's... You already did the second uh, reactor, right? Right. What? Correct. Yep. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that whole that part where you where you uh, parachute down. Yeah. <laughs> is just so funny. Where he, where Wedge is like he hurts his butt and it's that whole thing and it's like sorry about your ass. <laughs> like I just can't get like I love that tone and they come back to that like numerous times and it's it's so goofy and so fun um once we once we do the spoiler cast we could talk about like all the stuff at wall market like it's just so much fun and so ridiculous it's, it's so freaking are, awesome are you guys fans of breaking bad oh you're talking about because it's badger it's badger yeah. i was like I was like, I know that voice from anywhere. Yeah. I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's him. There's actually a weird history there. In the when they first showed that they were doing the remake, they they showed like a cinematic that Wedge was in, and it was a an actor that sounded a lot like Badger from Breaking Bad. And yeah. everyone was like, Holy shit, that's Badger playing Wedge. And he tweeted out in 2015 when they showed this he said i am not playing wedge in final fantasy 7 remake that's not my voice you know whatever and then he ends up being in the damn game it's just <laughs> such a weird thing of like so did they hear from people that it sounded like him and they're like oh let's talk to him and see if he'll do it <laughs> it's okay, such a really weird funny. thing i also like how uh how big 
looks exactly like Charlie Sheen in Platoon. I mean, like exactly <laughs> identical. Like, seriously, with the red bandana and everything, yep. it's like. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just so good, and and you know, even though even those characters, Biggs, Wedge, Jesse, like they're giving you more. You know. Well, they were like nothing. Yeah, they were like nothing characters. You, know, you just oh, okay. Here's these characters, and then you know. Uh, I don't want to spoil because I'm sure it, it follows the same thing as the they were just sort of throwaway characters and here they are like you know you're actually getting to to know them Jesse's like so cool and just like you know such a you know important person I mean mm. it's, it's love that they're love that they're giving the time these characters into this world and I think that's what's making me enjoy it more yeah, is that and, and- it's not about anything Absolutely. And the thing that I'll say is the worry that a lot of people had was, hey, this is like a, I don't know, five to seven hour portion of Final Fantasy VII and you're making it into like a 40 hour RPG. So people are like, oh, is this going to be all filler? What are we going to get? Yada, yada. And it's like what you end up getting is deeper dives into the world and better, you know, deeper interactions with the characters and and new experience like you know the same fights with the turks but new characterization of the turks and new discussions about different members of shinra and stuff like that like you're doing deeper dives into everything and it makes it such a a rich experience comparatively in my opinion sounds Um, like what they did to the hobbit and they made the movie well for me the hobbit was what I didn't want to happen because what they did was they did a lot of that was the filler in my opinion where like a lot of the stuff was like okay like this isn't that interesting I'm not that interested in in this experience whatever blah 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 and that's kind of the fear for this but number one the stuff they end up doing feels like new and interesting but Mm -hmm. number two they they they're going their own route here um and and you know we'll we'll dive more into it in the spoiler cast but it's like it feels like this is its own thing that has a framework in in you know one of the most famous games in history um but they're kind of doing their own thing um the only thing that i'll say so i'll talk i want to hear what you've been thinking about it shelby but real quick i just want to say I, I'm I'm talking about how much I love this game. It's amazing. I, I it's it's you know one of my favorite games of the year, if not my favorite. Um, but there are issues with it. A lot of the dungeons go on a little bit too long. Uh, there are a few in particular for me. The train graveyard was a little bit too long, Shelby. Mm. Um, and then one of the ones you haven't seen yet is a little bit too long. Um. You know, revisiting the sewers can be, you know, hey, we've already been here, yada, yada. Um, little things like that are like, okay, okay. And then the the whenever you get to like a puzzle section, it just seems totally unnecessary and a way of just like padding the length of the game. And it's like, you didn't need this. Like the stupid arm puzzles when, you, when you're with Aerith, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. The robot arms that you have to move. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. 
there's yeah, a couple there didn't of things need to be as many as there were. Yeah, and there are a couple of things that are similar to that that happen throughout the game, and it's like ah, we don't need this. We really don't need this. <laughs> and, right. What I it was funny that you bring up that one because I remember thinking the exact same thing while it was happening. Like yeah. while I was going through it, it was it was such an easy concept that we didn't need the first two puzzles to yes. figure out how to do it. You know, it's like they they you're halfway through a game and they're doing a tutorialization through a dungeon on how to move robotic arms. Yes. And it's like, okay, I, I know how to do this. Like, right. And, and, uh, and so they continue to do things like that, that are just like, okay, okay. Like it, there's some things that are just like slower than they should be. Uh-huh. And, and it, it kind of puts a damp a damper on the pacing a little bit. Cause <laughs> I think the game is very well paced except for the side quests. I think the side quests, the way they dump them at the same time, so it'll be like, oh, here's six new side quests. Right, and it's like every six chapters or so is like, right. oh, and here's then just it's a bunch like, of side quests oh, to do. Here's a bunch, and it, that stuff kind of throws off the pacing too, whereas if you were doing like one here and there, it wouldn't have felt as as much of like a halt on the main story. But mm-hmm. I mean, those are those are optional, and you don't have to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I very rarely have did the side quests feel like they warranted my time i did them all and i ended up being like i don't know if i really needed any of this like i'm just doing it to do it and and i mean luckily the the combat is super fun and interesting throughout the game Mm -hmm. um but if it wasn't I think I would have ended up being like, oh, this, I don't want to do any of these side quests. These suck. It feels very much like, you know, remember in Skyrim, where it'd be like, oh, go fight these guys because they have my shield. That's what it yes. looks like. This feels. Yeah, like there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of story involvement in there. There's like little bits here and there, like, you know, with the kids that are on the neighborhood watch and in Sector 5, whatever. Right. Like there's little things that are like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. But for the most part, it's like, what? Are, I don't need to do this. I don't need to go kill these, you know, fucking dogs for the junk dealer. <laughs> like, I don't need yeah. that. There was also, there was one in uh, one of the side quests I just did, like getting stuff for a doctor, required you to do like three other side quests yeah. just to complete his. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I do like, like some of the, one of those side quests in particular, like ends in a, cool boss battle i think like two or three of them do actually but um like one of those was a cool boss battle really it's just for more experience stuff and to experience some other parts of the game but i know exactly what you mean in that i if i had done none of these side quests my reaction to the game would not have been hindered or exactly and that's really what i'm saying is like what what is it what are they adding other than more hours yeah just that's what it feels like for me and and it's a shame but it definitely didn't like bring anything down because like I said the combat is so much fun and I do want to get into I want to talk specifics about the combat um but before we do that Shelby do you want to just give me like an overview like what have you been thinking like uh, you know ha- have your thoughts like wax and waned have you been enjoying it what have, have you been doing because you're pretty far in yeah similar to what you were saying before like especially for the first I want to say I'm like 20 hours in maybe a little bit more than that yeah um and uh same exact feeling like the first just playing through it i'm like damn i really like this i like this game a lot i like Mm. the way it feels you know like i'm happy that i'm getting into a final fantasy game having been somebody who has never really played any Mm -hmm. so like playing this game is just a lot of fun i like 
like the combat system and everything is mind-blowing to me i wish there were more games exactly like this you know mm-hmm. there will be <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely People like i rip this system off i so freaking love i mean yeah look at all the dark souls like souls like yeah. games that we have nowadays but um yeah no I'm, I'm i freaking love it you know and as somebody who never played through the first one i have a different experience like i know that i'm sure they changed some stuff around from the original game as far as um story mm-hmm. so like you guys get to experience a nostalgic aspect on some stuff while experiencing new stuff and then for myself it's all new so like when right. something happens i'm like oh that's so cool you know like i'm not i have no expectations which is right. why i think i'm enjoying the crap out of this game so here's the thing and and uh, you know i don't want to keep saying it but i'm gonna keep saying it we will talk more in the spoiler cast but i yeah, will say I, I think if you have not played the original you can totally like you can say like hey this is an enjoyable experience i loved it it's so interesting yeah i but feel it like it feels like you're missing you're definitely yeah. missing out because yeah. the game plays with the fact that it knows that the player knows certain things dan i was thinking the right. same exact thing the whole time i was like they're messing with you a little bit it's and, like right. they're familiar and, with the fact that you know it in the final five hours of the game it becomes very explicit and it becomes very interesting. And that's why I'm saying like, I, I, I do not want to talk specifics about it, but it it is a game that can be experienced on its own and enjoyed on its own. But Shelby, I'd be stunned if you didn't finish this game and then say, okay, I either need to watch a playthrough or do a playthrough of the original. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, actually funny. I think was it, I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, like, uh, with Barrett singing when you're fighting and stuff like that. And (laughs) it was actually like every time you win a battle in the first one, like I didn't pick up on that. But when I played like the first five hours or the first couple of chapters, I went back and I was like watching a playthrough to see if they did any differences in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, Story wise, not really, but I noticed that and I was like, Oh, that's what he's fucking singing. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, so yeah, playing through it. I'm like, I'm definitely missing stuff, but, I'm excited to definitely finish it and then go back, like you said, and watch a playthrough probably. Yeah, and what I'll say is uh, before, because I want to dive into the combat specifics and talk about that a little bit, but before we do that, I just want to say the new release, the HD version of Final Fantasy VII that's out on Switch and PS4, um, they have uh, a lot of interesting tools that allow you to get through the game quickly. There's, There's a mode that you can put on that gives you like... Uh, unlimited like full limit break and you can fast forward the battles so you can just like set you can just like you know kind of mash your way through the battle it basically makes it so that there isn't much time spent battling and it's more of just the story and so I've heard from people that like playing through it on switch it's like a 20 hour game Um, if you if you do all those things and again if you just want the story that's that could be an interesting way to do it that sounds very interesting. It's it's funny actually. After our last um, time, uh, after our last podcast, I went back and I was looking up the best way to play like Final Fantasy VI because I know Dan was saying it's one of his tops of all time. It is yeah. both of both of ours. Yeah, it's yeah. literally one of the best games ever made. So uh, yeah, I was looking through a bunch of ways and I was like, oh, let me check that out here because I know Switch, but like all almost all the games on on there. Um, depending on what, what the best way is to play them. So right. I was looking at seven, I was looking at six, I was looking at eight. You know. Yep. I might go back and play a couple. Yeah, I, I, I'd i be curious to see how you felt 
uh after this game if you're like i have a feeling you're gonna be like itching to be like i need to know <laughs> what what this normal what this first game was um yeah also well i heard th- that um like uh, you were just saying that we have a 40 hour game that really took place between five to seven hours in the first one now obviously yeah. the first game was like a 40 hour game on its own so like they said this game will be released in several remakes right so we're just yeah. getting a certain yeah. section of the game exactly and and that's the other interesting aspect of it is should you go and play the original game the answer is definitely yes but there will be you know i i don't want to get too much into it but like yeah. there will be things in future games that you will spoil for yourself by playing the first one the original but because of the way it looks like it's going i think that's almost like context that you should have because of the way that they're changing it Mm -hmm. you know right right, right. um but anyway let's get out of the weeds on that stuff before before i say (laughs) something uh (laughs) the combat system so Mm -hmm. I, last last episode we didn't talk much about it we just said it, it felt great to play um but i want to talk about specifics because number one um the stagger system i think is really really cool mm-hmm. um where like each enemy has a different way uh that they can be staggered and once you get the assess materia you can assess the enemy and it'll say like oh rapid physical attacks will stagger this enemy or um, this enemy's weak to fire, so you know hitting it with fire spells will rapidly fill its stagger gauge. Once that stagger gauge is full, the enemy becomes like downed for a certain amount of time, and then you just wail on it and and whittle it down pretty quickly. And all of this works with bosses as well. Um, so the game is kind of a combo of do you want to just put out pure damage or do you want to damage that stagger gauge to try to knock it down and then finish it off? Right. Um, it immediately reminded me of Sekiro's yes, posture system. Yes, the posture meter, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got similarities. It is very different, but it's it's definitely in that same vein of like, you know, oh, what do you want to do? Do you want to just hurt him or do you want to like put him in a, in a stunned state? Right, right. Um, and then I'll say, so the main way that the combat works is you can switch between characters on the fly or you can control one character and then hit either trigger um, to cycle through the other characters and use their abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that this works is that it makes the game, I don't think I've ever, a, a lot of games, you know, you look at Final Fantasy 15 and like some of the more action oriented ones, like the, a lot of these JRPGs have been, moving towards a western like style instead of turn-based combat i have never seen something so elegantly done as this combat system how it actually feels like a tactical like you know cerebral combat system that you're actually doing commands on and especially as you get late in the game and you need to be constantly switching between characters and using different buffs and debuffs and all these different things like it is just so so fun and satisfying in like a in a tactical way that i did not expect i was afraid that it because we had said it so many times leading up to this game it's like man final fantasy 15's combat is so boring and it's Mm. so like tedious and i'm so glad that this is completely different than that 
And I think it's so interesting because when I first, like, you know, the first hour or so, I was like, you know, and, and I love JRPGs. And um, even though they can be tedious and grindy, you know, I was like, oh, man, like, I feel like I'm going to miss that sort of, like, turn-based, you know, you know, calculating each move. What, you know, what spell am I going to use? But holy moly, once you get into some of those battles, you're absolutely right. I mean, you got to think. You got to swap characters. You got to, like, okay, I'm going to use this spell first. I'm going to stagger. And, like, I was really surprised by how... Uh, how actually thoughtful it is. It's not just a hack and slash. You exactly. really got it. If, if you want to win, I mean, I, I got yeah. <laughs> beat a few times and I was like, all right, I really should think this through before I just go right in. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's, it still is a, almost like a turn-based system, just yeah. so much faster paced. But the, my favorite thing obviously is being able to hit X or L2 and R2 and slow and, down the time yeah. and be able to consciously make a decision without being like, oh, damn, I hit the wrong button, you know, like mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment sort of thing. Right. Yeah, no, it's, I just am so in love with that system that I just, I'm so excited that they came up with this and this is the first of, of you know, what's probably a trilogy of games. And it's mm-hmm. like, it just gets me so excited. Not only because I absolutely love the directions they go with the story, but this combat system, it's like, you guys have it. You have the combat system. It's the first game and you, you nailed it. So like, I'm just so, so stoked to just continue through with the next two games once they come out. Right. Um, unless anyone has anything to add, uh, I think we'll probably wrap our Final Fantasy talk there because like I said, once we're all finished, we are going to do a full spoiler cast episode where we get into the nitty gritty of the story. Um, I took notes as I was playing this game because early on I was like, oh, we're definitely going to need to do a spoiler cast. <laughs> so I have a ton of stuff written down, like different uh, things we could talk about and, and discuss. So uh, super excited for that once we're all finished. No rush, though. I don't want you to feel rushed, Dan. Take your time. Play right, at your right. pace. Uh, I'll um, have it beaten by tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have like 20 I think hours you have more left. than 24 hours in it. <laughs> right, guys, I got to go. I got to get on this. <laughs> Um, any last thoughts of Final Fantasy VII? No, I'm excited to finish it up. I think my last thought is is I'm very pleasantly biased. I, I, I truly genuinely love this game, and yeah. I'm, I'm really pleasantly biased. Like, you know, it's so many sour feelings on Final Fantasy VII. Um, mm-hmm. Just how overrated it was. Uh, no, man, like this playing this game, like I'm loving every second of it. It's incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that's our long Final Fantasy VII remake talk. Um, but there are other games that have come out um, since the last episode that we did, including the surprise announcement and subsequent release of XCOM Chimera Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a small bite-sized XCOM game. Um, it's not a full release. It's a $20 game. Um, I believe it's only on PC right now, uh, but it is, I've been playing it. I played about four or five hours. Um, a lot of changes, uh, from, you know, XCOM two. Um, but it is really, really good. And I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, the biggest things that they changed. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you both at least have some experience with XCOM, but I know not much. Um, it used to be your team goes and then the enemy team goes, right? In mm-hmm. this, it's more like a, 
like a darkest dungeon style each character on the board has a certain turn order so on the right hand side of the screen you'll see like okay this guy's gonna go and then this enemy's gonna go and then my guy's gonna go and then this enemy's gonna go um so it completely changes how the game feels because you're not like setting up big turns you're like all right what's What's my most important thing that this guy can do before this enemy goes? Uh, It's a huge change for these games, uh, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, There are abilities that, like, push enemies back in the turn order. So, like, you'd be like, all right, this guy's going to go next, and my guy's out in the open. uh, So I want to knock him down a few turns. So he, you know, you use an ability on him. He gets knocked down to the bottom of the turn order. Now my guy's a little bit safer, you know, for that that turn um they added something called like basically like a breaching system where you are basically setting up at different entrance points into buildings or parking lots or wherever you're breaching into um and what you're doing is like say there's two entrances to this building it'll be like a door and a window you're choosing which of your four squad mates are going in which entrance and each entrance has its own unique characteristics. So it'll be like, all right, from this entrance, um, your agents are likely to take a lot of damage because there are more aggressive enemies like watching that that window or something, right? Yeah. And, and it'll also say like, there'll be like a random thing attached to it. So it'll say like the first squad member through the door gets a plus 20% uh, accuracy bonus. Or it might be a negative where it's like the last uh, enemy through the door is disabled for one turn. So like you're making choices on which entrance you want them to go in. So sometimes you might be like, hey, I want all four to go through this door because I'm worried about how dangerous that other entrance is. But you're limiting your sight lines, you know. So like if you all go through the same door, you can all have the same shots at, at the enemies. Whereas if you go through two, you might have a flanking shot on somebody. Um, and super, super interesting. Um, and one more big change that I'll mention before I get into like the setup of this game is if a squad member dies, it's mission failure, which is absolutely a huge change for XCOM because these games have always been your squad members will die and they die permanently. And then you have to replace them with new, new guys. So this one is like that part. (laughs) <laughs> so this one is like very character driven. So every single character that you get as part of your squad is a like unique discrete person with their own unique abilities. So it's not like like you do have um skill points that you're awarding to like, you know, unlock different skills on one side of the tree or the other, but each character's skill tree is unique with their unique abilities. So it's like you know, the this special ability like let's say there's like a demolition ability where you can destroy an enemy's cover like only one of your characters will have that or or it might not be completely unique but it might be like one or two of your characters throughout the entire game will have the capabilities of ever getting that ability so keep everyone alive huh oh okay well not that because it's only you can only send four in at a time so it makes it more like these are unique heroes that like you're choosing who what team you want to go in rather than like 
okay, I want one heavy, one sniper, uh, two assault, like, and then you're like planning your moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is more like, here are my heroes. What squad do I want to go in? Oh, this guy has this ability that, that works well with this, yada, yada, you know? Your team right. building. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a very different feel. Um, but it's, it works really, really well. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying this game quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, that adds an extra layer of tactics, you know? Like It does, and it's battle. it's like a different layer of tactics, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it's they're trying new things here, and I'm... I'm curious if they're testing the waters for like an XCOM three mm-hmm. where they're like, Ooh, let's see how this goes over. And let's see, you know, cause this is a, it's a $20 game. It's $10 still up until I think like the first week of May. Um, and I'm actually on steam at the moment. Every XCOM game is on sale right now. Yeah. They're having oh. a big sale for the, yeah. for the launch of this game. But the, the, um, this game in particular is 50% off like mm-hmm. for the you know for the first 2 weeks of its release or whatever uh the story we'll talk about it a little bit your chimera squad which is after the events of XCOM 2 uh you're in this place called City 31 and it's basically like a it's basically like a um like a bastion of hope for humans hybrids and aliens like all living together so like you know advent was taken down but there are still people that you know there's still alien races that are still here and not all of them were like loyal to the cause some of them were forced into it and whatever like there's a lot of like interesting story stuff around that and it's way more story based in general like there's a lot of like character selection, like character specific conversations. So like if you have two people on a squad together, they might like make comments to each other and do little. It feels kind of like a Mass Effect Two thing, where it's like, oh, I want to bring this guy on the same squad as this guy because they might have something interesting to say to each other, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and it's oh, really fun. Awesome. Like yeah, it's it's interesting for an XCOM game, which is oftentimes uh can feel a little less like narrative a little less like character driven i think they started doing some of this stuff with war of the chosen which was the expansion for xcom 2 um where they're messing around a lot more with like they know that people like building their own narratives around these characters so they're like mm-hmm. why don't we just build some narratives around the characters <laughs> instead of instead of just you know making making the fandom do that uh the cutscenes have like a comic book art style that are that's that's pretty interesting um and yeah i think overall i like this game a lot i think you can feel that it's a budget game like it it definitely has some bugs and you know certain mission breaking things have happened but they're all such small bite-sized missions that it doesn't feel too bad even when something goes wrong like i think the longest mission i've been on has been like 15 20 minutes which is a big change from the original and xcom 2 where a lot of times you're in a mission for like an hour um so it's more like hey breach in take the enemies out like i i've played a lot of games where like i've beat the mission in like one or two turns which oh. is 
which is an interesting change because it's more like you're on the offensive. And part of that is this is the interesting line that they're riding, right? Because basically your squad is like the cops and, and you're like, you're like busting down doors to take down the bad guys. Uh, now the, the reason that I'm, I don't just write it off immediately as like, ugh, this is like boring, like cop fiction <laughs> where like, cause for the most part, XCOM has always been like, Hey, we're like revolutionaries banding together, like trying to, trying to stop this, you know, uh, alien invasion, uh, especially XCOM two, where it was like, Hey, the aliens won. Now we're starting up this like, you know, grassroots organization to try to take down the the aliens from the inside. Like that was a really interesting premise. So I was kind of rolling my eyes like, are you serious? Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like we're the cops and we're, we're literally like busting down drug dens and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but the thing that's interesting is there are basically three major factions that you're going after and you're kind of like going through one at a time through each of these like factions so the one that I'm on now, I could tell that they're playing around with the like the crime fiction aspect of it, mm-hmm. where they're like kind of because you know you have squad members that are like very hoorah like you know let's get the bad guys, but you also have people that are like wait like let's think about what's going on here, and they're having that dialogue out loud, and I think that's it, that it's doing something pretty interesting. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, like I mentioned, um, because these missions are so bite-sized, it feels a lot less punishing when something goes wrong. Like you're not like, oh, there goes 40 minutes of progress. <laughs> you're, you know, you're not doing mid-mission saves like you were. It's more like, all right, let's roll through. And if it doesn't go well, we can just start over. Um, and it, and it, it feels more like a, like an into the breach actually, where it's like, where it's like, hmm, how do I do this in this amount of turns, you know, like, and it's, and it's pretty cool. Um, I definitely recommend this game. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, awesome, last man. thing, last thing I'll say, uh, is they scale back the, like the meta layer, you know, the XCOM games always have like the on the ground, you know, tactical combat, but then outside they have like, all right, you need to be juggling these different research projects and this and that. In this one, it's a map of City 31, which is the, you know, this this city that's like the beacon of hope where all the humans, hybrids, aliens live together. Um, and they all have, so there are a bunch of different districts. And instead of like the world map, it's just City 31 here. And you're kind of going, like, you know, juggling uh, the the fear or whatever it is. I forget what they call the uh, the level, like the panic level in each district. Um, and it, it's interesting the way it's laid out because you can you can basically like add little things. There are like little bonuses you can add to each district to like lower the level without going on a mission there. Because you know, like the other XCOM games, it's like all right. If I don't do this mission in Africa, they're about to go to, you know, level five panic and and they're out of the XCOM initiative or whatever. Um, so it's a similar idea to that, but it seems like you have a lot more wiggle room with 
like what you can do on the meta layer rather than just all right i need to do this mission otherwise this this person's gonna leave the the XCOM, you know right sure. um but yeah i mean the writing's good i like the character interactions like i said it feels mass effect 2 ish of like I want to see what these two characters say to each other if I bring them in together, you know, like that sort of thing. It makes uh, it interesting, man. I like that. It really does, yeah. And and I just think it's a really good game overall. It's definitely, you know, like I said, it's a twenty dollar game at max because right now it's ten. Um, but you can definitely feel the budget a little bit. Um, it's not like a full fledged giant game. Uh, it looks like there's those three factions and you run through like a like a narrative with each faction. Uh, and then I th- I'm assuming there might be like a big battle after that or maybe a secret fourth faction that's the final one or whatever. Um, but yeah, it seems like, you know, not a giant game like the other XCOM games, but, you know, it seems like it has a lot of meat there. Like I said, I played four or five hours. I'm still only on the first faction, you know, working through that. So I'm really enjoying it. Awesome, man. XCOM Chimera Squad. Uh, a nice little surprise. You know, I love XCOM games to begin with, so this feels like a like a really good one. Great, right. man. It sounds, that sounds really interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really cool, and they're definitely playing around with that, that characterization big time. I think they know that uh, their, you know, randomly generated characters are, you know, can be a little generic unless you are the type that, uh, you know, is going to name all of them and, and create your own fiction for them and stuff like that. Like, like you know, they're doing the work here and it may not be, you know, 100% hits, but it's more hits than misses and, and I've been enjoying it. Great, man. Uh, let's talk about, because I know, Dan, you've just really been playing Final Fantasy, right? Yeah, that's about it, man. I mean, you know, just a little shout out. I played... Uh... Animal Crossing, I got my uh, little special visitor came to visit, but uh, other than that, man, it's just been Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of the terraforming in Animal Crossing? Oh, it's awesome, man. I, I wish I, I wish I had it sooner. I uh, once the uh, like I completely, I had an entire layout for my island, and then once I had the terraforming, I completely like revamped everything. I took every item that like I had, mm-hmm. I, I put it. And I talk about OCD. It, it took me like twenty <laughs> hours just to just to feel okay again because I I put everything in my pocket and I just completely redid the layout and yeah. uh, back. Now that I did that, I'm like tired and I kind of you know <laughs> I'm crossing a break right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean th- that's kind of what Animal Crossing is, right? It's like and the old ones too. It would be like you're hot and heavy with it at first, and then it's like a nice thing to check in on every once in a while, where it's not like okay. I don't need to play every single day for an hour <laughs> to make sure I get everything done. Right. Now it's like, hey, when I want to, I can just jump back in and play and it'll be there. Definitely. It'll always be there for me. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shelby, I know that you've been playing a game that I am very excited to hear what you think about. Uh, right. So Murder by Numbers. Yeah, I know you brought it up a couple of weeks ago and I I love puzzle games. Like I've been doing a lot of puzzles during the quarantine stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I saw Picross, I was like, I, or how do you pronounce it? Picross or yeah. Picross? Yeah. Um, I, most people say Picross, but I, right. I don't know. Um, so I saw that and I was like, well, let me try some of these. And I actually like just Googled like a couple of puzzles and 
loved it. So I was like, all right, well, Dan said this game Murder by Numbers was cool, and it has this as its, uh, other than having a narrative, obviously, it has uh, these Picross puzzles. So let me mm-hmm. try it. Love it. Yeah. Um, I've also discovered a new talent. I'm fucking good at these puzzles. You are? <laughs> I am. I'm very good at them. I You're don't know. Probably much is. better than me at them because I'm not good I just, at them at all. I don't know. I just get it, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm, I'm about halfway through the game, I think. I finished okay. two cases. I just started the third. Okay. Um, I'm at the end of the third. And obviously, I've been putting it down to play a lot of other stuff. But, right, right, right. So, I'm, yeah. I'm near the end of the third, yeah. Okay, cool. So, well, it feels like, well, the first case was pretty short. The second case, obviously, longer, I'm assuming. The next two are um, either yeah. the same size or even longer Well, it's all about, that. I mean, you know, the, the thing that advances the story is you completing those puzzles. So, if, you know, the puzzles get bigger and more complex. So, that's, exactly. that's kind of what makes it longer. And I've um, been doing all of the uh, special puzzles, like in uh, Scout's Memories. Okay. So, I've been doing all, as soon as I, like, unlock more story stuff, I... I investigate the shit and, out of yeah. everything. <laughs> right, right. And I uh, I go into Scout's memories and unlock those once I reach S rank and everything. So right. I'm having a blast, dude. I love it. Dude, how good is the writing and all the characters? It's very, very good writing. It's so and that was good. the thing I wasn't expecting to like. I was like, oh, you know, like, all right, you know, like, let me get through the narrative. I really want to do the puzzles and stuff like that. But it's like engaging. It's really engaging and funny yeah. at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, you, you've you played Phoenix Wright or no? I've never played Phoenix Wright, no. So it's very much like aping that Phoenix Wright style of like back and forth. Like, you know, the character silhouette will pop up on the right and then the pop up on, on the left and, and talk back to them. But it's like a lot of like n- noises, like a, psh, like a punch or something. And then you'll just <laughs> see someone's face, like, you know, bugging out like way over the top, like anime style, but it, it really does it so, so well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I, I like how like scouts almost like a child oh, who's learning stuff and he like makes so many puns that at the wrong time and shit, like it's funny. Oh, I love scouts so much. <laughs> i'm uh, glad so, you're yeah. enjoying this game because i, I really I, am i'm enjoying it's something it. it's something that i really really like and and it's kind of like that sleeper you know hey i really love this game you should check it out so i'm glad i'm glad you you found the time to do it yeah it's definitely. good on switch you've been playing on switch i have been playing on switch yeah and you do touch for the pick stuff uh no i'm i've been using the uh buttons okay i just wasn't sure if there was any t- i played on pc Oh okay. I you know what? I don't I don't know if there is a touch. There might not I, be. Yeah. I think I tried it and it wasn't doing anything, so mm-hmm. I uh, I was just using the buttons. Which which works totally fine. Yeah. Um all right, cool. So murder by the numbers you're enjoying. Yeah, very much. Um and yeah, I I'll eventually get back to it once once my uh tactics mm-hmm. games are done. <laughs> uh, because there is another that I've been playing the shit out of. Uh, yeah, I was curious I was gonna ask, uh what are you playing? Gears Tactics. Yes. All right. Gears so since tactics. we're talking about XCOM, I was yes, like, uh, exactly. <laughs> this is what's so interesting. So number one, how mad is the coalition, the developer of Gears, that <laughs> Firaxis announces and releases an XCOM game four days before Gears Tactics comes out? Like <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah. And Gears Tactics uh, release date has been announced for like a year. <laughs> Some might say it was a tactic of theirs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a tactical decision by 2K. Um, so 
the interesting thing. So number one, I I've been playing both of these tactics games at the same time, and they are so different. And I'm so happy that they're so different because they're both great. And I was I was very very pleasantly surprised when I had put in my four or five hours in the Chimera Squad, and then Gears Tactics came out yesterday as of this recording. So I jumped in and I was like, you know, I don't want to get burnt out on tactics games. I hope it's not too similar. It's so different feeling, but it is so, so good to the point where as of right now, I played about five hours of each. I would definitely recommend Gears Tactics over Chimera Squad. Wow. Really? And I really like Chimera Squad. This is what's this is what's interesting. So Gears Tactics does a lot of interesting changes to the formula. And it does some old stuff as well that I don't, that are, are different than Chimera Squad because Chimera Squad is trying to be a different kind of XCOM game, whereas Gears Tactics sometimes feels like XCOM Enemy Unknown, the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, yeah, I've been taking notes. I'm just going to go through a couple things. Uh, the presentation, it feels like a fl- full-fledged Gears game with cutscenes and stuff. Like... It's it's a full on gears gear story, um, where like you know you'll do a mission and then it'll cut to a big cutscene that advances the story and and brings you through. This takes place um, before the first Gears of War. Um, I think it's like twelve years before, um, and so it's it's like soon after Emergence Day. Uh, these you know it's it's kind of like the initial group of you know cogs that are trying to figure out what they uh or gears right cog is the is the coalition of governments right um so it's the it's like the initial group of gears that are like figuring out everything and like seeing new enemies and being like freaked out (laughs) kind of thing (laughs) um so the whole like the whole premise of the game is this there's this you know um there's this leader uh, of the what the hell is the name of the? It's not Lambin is when they're crazy. What's the normal? Lambin is when they're crazy. Oh, um, why am I blanking on this? I just played these games. Uh, <laughs> locust. Locust. So, right. There's this one locust named Ukon who is like basically developing these new types of enemies. So like when they first emerged on E Day, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like the regular locusts and the variations of them. So there were like, you know, locust, you know, the regular like hammer burst locusts, the snipers, the boomers, like basically every variation of that. And then the big and strange creatures are developed by this guy, Ukon. He's like a mad scientist who was like figuring out how, so like a brumac. Right. was developed by this guy. So like the first time we come across a Brumac, it's like the first time they're really seeing one, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. it's an interesting like concept. I mean, it's still a gear story, so it's like it's not going to like be revolutionary or anything too crazy, but at least they're playing around with their own fiction in an interesting way. Um, the ragdoll and animations all feel exactly like a Gears of War game, even though this is like a tactics, you know, very pulled out. Right. So like you'll pop a headshot and his head will explode and the way they like weirdly ragdoll to the, like it really feels like Just drop to their Gears knees. of War. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
The tutorial mission I liked a lot, specifically if you're a new tactics player, it does a very good job of like explaining what they're doing um, because some of the some of the changes that they're making are pretty different. Like it's a very Overwatch heavy game from what I've seen um, because you have, basically you have a certain amount of skill point or like action points, right? So mm-hmm. instead of in an XCOM game, it's like, okay, you can move and then you can shoot and that's the end of your turn or you can shoot and that's the end of your turn. Like you can't, in this game, it's like, hey, you have three actions. You can take them whenever you want. You could shoot three times. You can move three times. You can shoot twice, move once, whatever, however you want to do it, you can do it. Uh, and also the abilities all take one action. So like it, it opens the door, kind of the difference between this and specifically Chimera Squad is this game feels like the door's wide open for possibilities, like what you want to do. Like it, you, it's a lot more freeform feeling where Chimera Squad is like, okay, I need to puzzle this out and get the ideal scenario and move this guy here and shoot this guy to take him out so that he won't do anything. This is like you have a ton of different ways to do things and it's like just go on and, and figure out the way that you want to do it, you know? Uh, and it and it feels really interesting. Um, the way that the action points, not only the fact that you have three and you can use them however you want, but it gets interesting because there are a lot of ways to afford your team extra actions. So, like, if you down an enemy, because they will go into, like, a downed state, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bigger enemies like like your normal hammer point, hammer bursts, you know, locusts or the... The snipers, like I said, they'll all go to a down state where they'll like get down on one knee and then you can run up and execute them just like gears. If you execute an enemy, your entire squad, except for the person that did the execution, gains one action point. So you have this system that kind of like you're making decisions based on awarding your team extra action so that they can then award the other members of the team extra act. Like you're you're like trying to chain things together in such an interesting, satisfying way. Like I absolutely love the system that they built here. It is so, so good. Like a deer, but it really works like, like, all right, I can put everyone, if everyone shoots this guy, he'll go down, and then this guy is close enough where he can run in and execute him. Now everyone else can do one more action, and then they can get to cover. So, like, you're you're exposing yourself to, like, you're always, like, reaching, like, at the end of your rope. And it's like, all right, I better hit this shot because my whole plan, like, comes down on this, and then you do, and it feels great. Like, that. that is, like... Satisfaction at its finest. So <laughs> satisfying in such a good way. In, and it, the interesting thing is it's such a different way than XCOM. Like, it doesn't feel like that, even though it is that same tactics-based, uh, you know, high cover, low cover, percentage shots. You can pull up this thing, it, like it's your tactical communications or something. You hit a button, and it'll tell you why your shot is that percentage. So it's like, oh, I have a 75% shot. I wonder why. You hit R, and it'll pop up and say, uh, obstructions minus 20, uh, range minus 20, uh, you know, like scope on your weapon plus 10, whatever, you know, like it'll break it down for you. And it's right. Uh, it's just so good. Like I really, <laughs> really love it. Um, the other interesting thing is 
So there's a lot of stuff. So they basically got rid of the meta layer in an XCOM. So like I was talking about the city and the, you know, you're, you're messing with different districts in Chimera Squad and you're trying to like manage, okay, this district is getting too panic. I don't, if it gets to five, then it leaves, you know, whatever. In this right. game, there's none of that at all. Instead, they've created a much deeper like skill tree and uh, like weapon at- attachment system. So the skill tree, each class, so like, you know, you have your support, which uses like a regular Lancer. You have your assault, which uses like the the old school Lancer with the bayonet. Uh, You have sniper, you have uh, like a heavy, all, all these different classes, right? They all have a skill tree that has four different endpoints. And you're kind of like going down a certain path depending on what you want to do. So, like you know, for your assault class, you can make him like a like a tank, like a defensive powerhouse that like you know gains you know plus seventy five or you know minus seventy five percent damage taken is like the end pip in the tree. Or you can make him like a super assault class where it's like every time you bayonet somebody, you gain two action points. So you can just kind of roll around and just keep doing it. And then there's another skill in that tree that's like uh, every time you kill an enemy, your cooldown for the bayonet goes down by one. All so, right, cool. So you kind of customize your way through. Big time customize yeah. your way through. Like, like it's so in-depth, but you can literally just say like, okay, I'm going down the surgeon you know, skill tree for the main character, Gabe. So I'm just going to keep clicking these abilities and then figure it out later. Like you can totally do that, but if right. you want to look into it and, and see how you want your characters to be, like you can really get in the nitty gritty there. Um, and it's super satisfying. I love the skill trees. I think, I think they're great and they're so varied that it really feels like, like you can have two support people that feel completely different. Right, you know, like right, one right. is like constantly stunning enemies and then the other one is constantly healing your allies you know like and they're both support class um the thing that i'm less high on i I think it's fine but it's a little fiddly is the the weapon and armor attachment stuff Mm -hmm. so they're just they're not very like they don't feel unique right so it's like okay hey you found a crate while you were exploring the, the you know world now here is a scope that gives you plus seven percent accuracy, and here's uh, boots that give you plus fifteen HP, and he, like they're very like minute numbers, and it like definitely makes a difference in the long run, especially as you stack all these on top of each other. But right. you have like seven or eight slots per character, like between the boots and the scope and the magazine and the grip, and it just feels a little like lackluster. It's just not exciting. Like, there's no, like, oh, look at this. Like, this totally will change the way I'm playing this character. Like, look at this new thing I got. Like, it's not like that. It's more like, yeah, this works for this guy because he's my damage dealer and this does more damage. You know, like, so it, it it's totally works and it's fine. It's just not too exciting. Okay. Um. What else? What else? The the other major complaint that I have with the game is they do the old XCOM thing, which has changed uh, over the years. 
of you might be just out of range of this pod. And if you, if, if either of you guys have played XCOM games in the past, uh, it's like the way the old XCOM games work specifically like enemy unknown and enemy within. It's like you're navigating through this, you know, it's like a fog of war basically. And you're moving your units up. And then all of a sudden when you get too close, then this group of enemies like sees you and then takes cover and then is like ready to fight. Okay. The reason that's frustrating is sometimes it might be like your last characters move and you move them up a little bit too far and then all of a sudden a, a group of enemies pops in and now all your guys have already moved and you can't like fire on these enemies uh, and now it's their turn and they're just going to like wipe you, you know? <laughs> so like that stuff, they changed with XCOM 2 because you're on the attack because it, it you know the the narrative implication was like the aliens won so they like you're the insurgents now you know right so but it afforded them to, a way to change the mechanic of that so you are actually the one that's like sneak like you can see a group of enemies and they won't like be alerted to your presence so you can like sneak around this feels like the old ones where you can't do that so it really does feel random sometimes where you're like, come on, I moved this guy up one square too far and now these enemies see me. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it, it can definitely be frustrating, especially when it like comes back to hurt you. Um, but that's really it as far as complaints. Like I, there is something about this game and the, and the way that the systems work to, together that makes it so it feels fresh and satisfying even though in the initial pitch is this is XCOM but with gears and it's totally not like it feels fresh and it feels like these fights are exciting and fun i just did the first boss fight of the game and okay. usually like tactics games boss fights are really annoying because it's like oh here's this enemy and he's going to have all these crazy abilities and you know whatever and it's like this boss fight was really, really, really fun. Like, I loved the way that it was designed. Like, very well designed. Um, and I just don't, like, I, I said the two things that, that are a little, you know, eh, about this game. The rest of it is amazing. Like, I love it. That's great, right. man. Yeah, it's, and I mean, it's good that you're feeling, uh, like, that uh, freshness from a game that obviously is taking Right. Like, so it's borrowing so much, yeah. but it feels so different and the mission types are very varied. Like sometimes it's like, all right, there are these two points that you gain supplies from as long as you're within this circle. So you have to hold the point, but also enemies are spawning in and you have to survive. So like, and then there's one where it's like, all right, you got to cross this long bridge. You know that there are going to be enemies as you continue fighting through the bridge, but you're like fighting your way across. And it's just the way it feels different and the way your allies abilities work together and the chaining to give each other skill point or action points it's it is so so good it, i haven't since like yesterday i've played like you know five six hours I, I just can't put it down because it's it it's so satisfying to play like it's great i mean it's definitely something um i was interested in like looking at yeah even though i knew it was a totally different game like having like going through the gears series right. you recently on myself i was like the first oh. three, yeah. exactly so i was like all right well maybe when i finish all the rest of the games or this is a prequel like once i found that out i was like all right i'd be interested in playing this you know yeah 
it is an excellent game and I'm super happy with it. Um, again, I'm about, I don't know, six ish hours in. Um, so it could be by the end it it gets a little rote. Mm -hmm. I can't say that one way or the other. Um, but the only other thing I'll say is, um, there are definitely interesting nods story wise. If you're, if you're, you know, into that, you know, lore and whatever, which, you know, you just played the first three. So I'm sure you'll find some of it interesting right. uh, but the main character is gabe diaz who is kate diaz's dad who is like one of the main characters in four and five okay um so definitely you know a lot of nods to the to the series um so obviously you know this feels like so chimera squad is a 20 dollar game and it and it feels small and it feels bite-sized that doesn't that's not a bad thing but it feels that way this feels like a large campaign like a big game um oh, right and, all right and a lot of time like you know i just got to act two you know like and, and i can feel that there's there's still trickling out new stuff slowly like i just came across the my first boomer and okay boomer uh but <laughs> there was like a you know you kill him and you can pick up his gun just like in the games right so now i have two shots with this boom shot and it completely changes how i'm going to play that game you know and it's right like, so it's still getting into so depth. It's still trickling out things after six hours and that that's the kind of stuff that i love like when they're just kind of like changing the format little bits here and there to to make you think differently about how the battlefield works um, I just, I just really like this game a lot. <laughs> That's really cool, man. Yeah, it's an, it's such a nice surprise, and and I mean the game's on Game Pass, um, and it's you know it's a full sixty dollar game, like you know, and it, and it feels polished and large enough to warrant that. But the fact that it's on Game Pass is just like you really gotta play this game. Right, right, right. The only thing I'll say is, it's only on PC. Like oh, only, it's only on PC's Game Pass. Yeah, it's only on PC. Period. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. Like the game, I don't. I'm so curious how they come to this decision because it works. Like I, I, I tested it. I plugged in a controller and tested it as full Game Pass support, no problem. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're like, well, XCOM. It, you know, came to XCOM 2 came to PC first for like a year or whatever. Like it's a PC first kind of game with the tactics game, but it's like it works just fine on a controller. Like this should definitely be on Xbox One. I don't know why it's not. Question um, If you have Game Pass for Xbox, do you have Game Pass for PC? There's a so they're different things, but there's a thing that you can get both for uh, $15 instead of 10 and 10. Gotcha. So I obviously play a lot of these games on PC, so I have it for both. Right. Um, but yeah, it's not on it's not on console, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I, I know this type of game is generally a PC game, but like like I said, um, I don't know why, since it works so well on GamePad, why they didn't just do it to console. But um, I I actually need to check right now if i'm wrong about this well I, I feel like even if that is how it is at the moment maybe it'll change down the line like maybe they were just trying to hit the target 
area, you know, like the demographic of people who play this style game might be playing it on PC. So maybe they're trying to hit that demographic, see if it does well, and if so, spread it out to the Xbox. Because obviously, if it is a good game, which it seems to be, the Gears followers are, even though it's not a direct sequel in the Gears lineage, like they're going to want to play this game probably, you know? So who knows? Absolutely. See, I'm reading it now. I don't know if it's... Yeah, it doesn't even have a version for Xbox One yet. Okay, good. I was right. Um, I think they're probably just like testing it out, seeing how it goes over on PC, and then they'll probably put it out on Xbox One, I don't know, yeah, in a couple months, something like that. Uh, it's just curious to me because almost all of their games now have been, you know, day and date, console and PC. So it's interesting to see this one be like, well, it's only on PC. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Um, but if you have any sort of PC where you can get this running, even if you have a laptop, uh, test, test, you know, check the specs. Um, but it is free on Game Pass, so... If you have Game Pass on PC, obviously I highly recommend it. This is right, this and is, is this a sixty dollars game? Otherwise, yeah, it is. And, oh, so, and it, all right, so you're experience you're expecting a full experience then, which is good. Yeah, 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 and it definitely feels like it. I, I, um, I really, I really, really like it a lot. All right, cool. Um, <clears throat> so that was Gears Tactics. Uh, I have two other games here, but they're not going to take too long. Valorant, I'm still playing Valorant beta with my friends. I really, really like it a lot. It is so, so good. It is such a good version of this type of game. Uh, And the more I play it and the more comfortable I get with the maps and the weapons, like I just, I think this game is really, really good. Good, man. Good. Yeah, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The last one I have on this list is a new release. Uh, it's called Filament. It is, uh, yeah, it is a puzzle game where you play basically as like a. So the game starts with you uh, on like a small space shuttle, and you get to this like space station. You hop on. And very witness style, there's like this thing that you hit A on, and it's uh, it puts you inside this little puzzle room, and you control this little um, like fuse looking thing, and the way that it works is you so it's all third person like movement, so like you see your little fuse guy, and then you see the room, mm-hmm. you grab a plug basically from the wall. And you have to have the wire of the plug touch all the uh, different... They're basically towers sticking straight up out of the ground. And you have to have the wire touch all those towers in order for the door to open at the end. So so what you're doing is like you're wrapping... Because the physical wire... So you can like block yourself out. You know what I'm saying? Right, so like right. You're trying to like snake your way through so that the wire touches every single one of these like towers Wall to then power the door. Time. Yeah, and then allowing, yeah, exactly, because you're not releasing that wire at the end. So you have to walk out the door with it, you know? 
Right. Um, and it's very interesting. It's very hard puzzle game. Uh, I probably put in an hour. Just just wanted to touch it because it looked interesting. I think it's really good. Uh, I think the puzzles uh, make you make you think a little bit differently than most puzzle games because of the wire concept. Um, because you can't like you know just okay, I'm just going to go back this way and snake it around. Like you can't get through because you just blocked yourself with the wire. Um, it feels kind of, uh, hmm. It doesn't have much of a personality as a game. Like it doesn't have like a distinct style or specific, you know, it's not that interesting stylistically in my opinion. But okay. the puzzles themselves have been very enjoyable. So it's kind of like, hey, if you like puzzle games, here's a here's a small, you know, interesting puzzle game. Uh, I played about an hour and uh, I'm enjoying it. I just want to check because I'm playing it on P- on Steam. Uh, I want to check what platforms it is on. And what was the name of that again? Filament. Filament. Right. Yes. It looks like it's just on PC and Switch. Okay. That's what it looks like. Uh, that's what Google says, at least. Let me check. <laughs> Wikipedia. Okay, nothing. All right. So it looks like PC and Switch. Um, I I'm, I enjoy what I played. I just kind of have been in a in a tactics hole with uh, with Gears, Chimera Squad, and honestly, Final Fantasy VII is very tactical as well. Right. Um. So all that's scratching the same itch, but. So it's a big itch to be scratched. So I'm glad I have all this. I'm glad you have someone to scratch that itch down. <laughs> yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> um, so unless anyone else has any games, I know that took a lot of time, but we had some big games to talk about. Um, let's jump into, I don't have much news. It's a bit of a light news week. So it, it worked out that we talked so much about those games. Um, first thing, Fortnite. I know we're not big Fortnite players here, but they had a three days of Travis Scott concerts in Fortnite. I saw and that. it was so fucking cool. Like the no. visualization work that they did for these concerts is just like next level amazing. Like wow. you're, you're maneuvering through the world while a giant Travis Scott is like performing and like changing the environment around him based on what song he's performing and like he like stomps the ground and you go flying up in the air. It's, it was so cool. I watched a video of it and was like almost going to download Fortnite because I wanted to experience the next one. It was so fucking cool. I, don't know. I think this is incredible that they're using, and this isn't the first time we've seen this. I mean, it keeps getting they better did it and for better. Like a Star like, Wars trailer. Th- that's what I mean. You know, like we're seeing Fortnite not only as this worldwide <laughs> phenomenon and as a game, but it's a freaking social media platform now, you know, yeah. like they're sharing. But the thing that I love about it is they are looking at it and saying, Hey, we have so many millions of players that play all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, let's take advantage of that. And let's, let's like put people up <laughs> like, let's, let's like get involved in things that people like. And they're, they're fucking nailing it because that I'm telling you, look up video. If you haven't seen it, Holy shit. It was so cool. <laughs> like it was unbelievable to watch and i'm not even i'm not a travis scott fan i'm not a fortnite fan and i'm like this is awesome <laughs> i gotta check that out then for sure 
yeah, yeah it was definitely. like a it was like a child of eden or like a res looking like you know the way the the visualizers were going with the music and you like maneuvering through the world all of a sudden like a different song comes on and you're underwater like swimming up and and his outfit would kept changing like he had a space suit on at one point like it was just so cool I, I i couldn't get over it after i saw it i was like this is incredible so i just want to mention that because i know none of us really play Fortnite. um so i just want to shout out that they really do some cool stuff over there, even if it's not not necessarily a game I want to play. Right, right, right. Um, last big piece of news, unless anyone wants to add anything, is the unfortunate news. Well, let's start out with The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima both have new release dates that were announced. So The Last of Us Part Two is going to be out June 19th, so not too much of a push, just about a 20, 20-something day push. Not too bad. Ghost of Tsushima, similarly, a little less than a month. It got pushed, I believe. Um, so we have June 19th for The Last of Us Part Two and July 17th for Ghost of Tsushima. Here's the unfortunate part. Um, some story spoiler cutscenes were leaked online by a developer. And the, the big... Um, assumption that i'm seeing on a lot of articles about this is the developer who did the leaking is a little disenchanted with naughty dog as a studio uh in general and we've heard things before uh as we do with a lot of these studios um that the work you know the the work-life balance there is a little off and then the amount of hours they were asking people to put in during the quarantine was substantial from what I'm hearing. Um, mm. So the implication is someone got angry and leaked all the cutscenes from the game uh, online. So beware of spoilers if you are worried about that sort of thing, because I am. I don't want to see yeah, any of that. Yeah, I don't want to see any of that. Uh, so I've been able to avoid them so far. Um, it's just... It's just a shame, and the thing that sucks is the people that so the the, the person or people that that lashed out by doing this uh, probably don't have many avenues of which they feel they can lash out <laughs> because you know uh, in a corporate society like that, I don't think they have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the uh, desire to use what power you have. Um, I just find it unfortunate for not only players that are being spoiled, but for other developers on the game who might be of the mindset of, hey, I also am not happy with the culture here, but I'm proud of the work and I want people to enjoy it. And I know, you know, I know for a fact there are a lot of people like that. So, you know, it, it just, it just sucks. It's, it's a shitty situation, um, and the shittiest part is it could have been avoided altogether if uh, Naughty Dog had taken their workplace culture a little bit more seriously. Uh, okay. So that's the real shame of it is, you know, right, I, it's it's pushing people to do these things because, yeah, exactly. like you said, I'm there's always, no other. What else can they do, honestly? Yeah, I'm always yeah. hesitant to say like, "Hey, you should have handled that better," <laughs> you know, because I'm like, well they shouldn't have been in a position where they felt like they 
wanted to do this anyway. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, like right, I don't want to blame right, right. the person because, you know, like it, it, it's it's so hard to, number one, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, you know, number two, who can blame them necessarily? It, it all depends on. If you're on, pushed into that direction, there's right. obviously a reason to do something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So unfortunate uh but just beware i immediately went to twitter and and uh muted the words joel and ellie <laughs> i was like I, I, I don't want to see anything yep um but i believe that's it for the news of what i was able to find i don't know if anyone else had anything else um but those are the big ones um that brings us to our newest and favoritist segment Top five, bottom five. So what we're doing today is top five jumps in games. So we're talking what are the best jumps in video games. And I don't have to explain them because I'll just give you the list and you'll understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. This is the list that we have so far. We got to get it down to five. Mario 64 crouch jump. That long jump, you know, when you run, crouch jump. There it is. Um, I have the crackdown jump where you can like go as high as the buildings once you're fully uh, leveled up. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, the old school ones with the flip jump. Uh, Kirby's endless jumping in Smash. Jack from Jack and Daxter's roll jump. Got Peach's hover in Super Mario Brothers 2. We have Assassin's Creed jumping off the high points, like the perches. Is it like Leap of Faith? What do they call it? Yeah, that's it, Dan. That's it. Hey! Nailed uh, it's it. Pro- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are some good jumps. Uh, we have DuckTales shovel jump. We have Banjo-Kazooie's backflip when you crouch and do backwards jump. And we have Yoshi's strenuous hover jump in Yoshi's Island. I think we all know the the one. Whatever is noisy. There it is. <laughs> I got you guys on the sound effects today. Don't worry. Thanks, buddy. Climb on my back. Help. I got you. <laughs> so those are our nominees for the top five jumps in games. Uh, I'm sure there are a ton of people uh, screaming at their phones saying, how could you forget this one? And what I'd say to that is, He's the ones we thought of. <laughs> um, Into that, I say. He forgot them. Sorry. <laughs> I thought about putting in Samus's super jump, but I don't think it's uh, of the caliber of a lot of these. No. Well, I, we do this because it's fun. You know, like we're not going crazy. Yeah, of course. It's just a fun little conversation. Yeah. So, any jump out that you think... <laughs> that you think uh, should definitely be on the list or should definitely not be on the list? What do you guys think? Let me give you my, my pitch for the Scrooge McDuck uh, shuffle okay. jump. Let's hear it. How many great games have, have taken it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's the sign of a great jump. You know, like they say, you know, if it's good enough that you steal it, I think but Hollow Knight has it, Shovel Knight has it. Yeah. It's like... That is true. That is definitely true. Scrooge McDuck shovel jump has to has to hang on, or at least not get cut off right away. I do like the shovel jump. I would agree. Um, I 
think the Mario 64 crouch jump is pretty, pretty good. That's true. When you figure out how to do that, pretty you just do it for like... Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, one that I didn't add that I should have, and me and Dan were talking about it before, uh, in Super Mario World... When you when you don't have quite the the jumping capabilities to get across that a, a very large chasm, but you got a Yoshi, so you run, you jump, and then you jump off Yoshi to get a double jump, and Yoshi goes into the pit, and you make it up to the to the top of the cliff. That's a pretty good jump. The you guys sacrificial are Yoshi, and mean. the sacrificial Yoshi jump. This jump, iconic. <laughs> Very iconic. It's also iconic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one that I like but can probably go is the Banjo-Kazooie backflip. Right, um, right, right. I love it because... And and I also think about there are jump pads in Banjo-Kazooie where like you do like a Kazooie's legs like bend all the way back. Oh, and get, like, I do like that there. one. That's a pretty good one. Um, but those jumps are both like pretty good, but there are definitely some in here that I'd rather have over that. I think my favorite part of all the Banjo Kazooie jumps is listening to Kazooie. Oh so, yeah, uh, Mr. Doofenor, if you want to take that over. All right, I think we're gonna cut Banjo Kazooie backflip there. Um, any others that you think might not hang on this? I like the the Ninja Gaiden jump. I don't know if it's you know, it's super cool. I like the flip. It feels good. Um, Pretty good jump. I'm not familiar with this one. So, uh, you too. Look it up real quick. You like this, <laughs> like, front flip. And I think you can attack, too, while you do it, right? You do this yes. front flip. Jump. All right, now it's actually really cool. He just All sticks right. out the little blade. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will cut the crackdown jump. I'm, neither of you guys have played crackdown, so I don't think that's going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really felt good, especially when that game came out. Because, you know, it's that open-world GTA-ish feeling game. And then imagine you could jump as high as the buildings. And it looked, like, really good. Like a superhero jump of where, like, huh, like, flying through the air. It looked so good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think about Kirby's endless jumping in Smash? I think Kirby just has the ability to kind of fly. I think that's fine. Oh, you think it's flying? <laughs> All right, so it's cut by oh, a technicality. Oh, I said kind of flying because he does, he does fall eventually. <laughs> but that's a lot of jumps. <laughs> Most people can only do a triple jump at max. That's true. <laughs> it's definitely a, definitely a full advantage. Take full advantage of that when you're playing Smash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you, we all knew that Kirby player that would just fly above and just do the down B over and over again. Yep. <laughs> I cut Kirby just because it's Ash. <laughs> yeah Kirby's gone on a technicality uh, <laughs> what do we have left so right now we have Mario 64 crouch jump Ninja Gaiden flip jump uh, Jack's roll jump Peach's hover Assassin's Creed off the what is it Leap Dan of Faith, Leap of Faith. <laughs> uh, DuckTales shovel jump and Yoshi's strenuous hover jump Assassin's Creed Leap of Faith I'm changing um, so that is seven. We got to cut two. I got to say, I love Yoshi's strenuous hover jump. It's really good. It's one of my favorites now that I, I think yeah. when we edit it, <laughs> I really think that one's got to stay. I, I agree. That one's too good. Yeah. And two, cause it's not even like it's, 
like it doesn't do anything, it it works. You know, like it gives yeah, you that yeah. little extra effort. <laughs> it's also in Yoshi's story, right then. Yeah, it's in all of them. You, you yeah. Listen, Yoshi just gives it's all all the time. Yeah, I believe you could do that in yeah. almost every Yoshi game. Yoshi's a, a female or male? Do we know? Uh, lays eggs, so female. So Yoshi <laughs> gives her all all the time. Yoshi just, is uh, the truest, truest pal <laughs> in all of the games. Yep, willing to take the dip into the pit. I love Yoshi. Uh, I think I think that Yoshi jump's got to hang. What do we think? We got to get rid of two. I think Peach's hover is too good to get rid of. Peach's hover is really good. I only played as Peach in Super Mario Brothers 2 because of that hover. <laughs> like, I, I, that was my character. Yeah, that's really good. What do you guys think? So talk to me about the Jack and Daxter. I'm not that familiar. You know, I was just thinking about cutting the Jack and Daxter roll jump because it's... Mm. It's too similar to the Mario's crouch jump. long jump, you know. Like yeah. it's basically the same thing, just instead of crouching, he rolls into a long jump, you know. Right, right. There's really no difference to it. The only I mean, funny, it's cool looking. I like it. It's but... super cool looking. What I like about it is that in every game you can do it, and if you watch the animation slowly, Daxter goes like flying around as he's trying to hold on to Jack while he does it. <laughs> so it's like pretty funny to watch. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's why two and three <laughs> in particular, like they gain so much personality because the animation's so good. Oh, yeah, completely. Like even when you press circle and do like your spin kick, mm-hmm. Daxter is frantically holding yeah. on to your shoulder, <laughs> trying not to go flying away. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, for, me, for my money, I think that's the, that was the weak link out of this group. Yeah, definitely. So as much as I love it, it's it's definitely got to go. Did you check out the Ninja Gaiden flip jump? I'm trying to find it on YouTube. I can't find Just it. Just try doing like Ninja Gaiden NES gameplay and they'll do the flip jump. We got to cut one, huh? Got got to cut one. We got Mario 64 crouch long jump, Ninja Gaiden flip jump, Peach's hover, Super Mario Brothers 2, Assassin's Creed leap of faith, DuckTales shovel jump, and Yoshi's strenuous hover jump. All right, so so bear with me for a second. Now, the right. leap of faith is really really cool, but it doesn't. But like, what is what's the purpose of a jump? It seems like all the other jumps that we have are meant to get you, like, it's get you get, up. Think about so, how long it took to scale that building. I was just about to say it's the ultimate payoff. Yeah, you, you know, got like all the way to the top, and now you get to just jump back down instead of climbing back down. It's, it's it, okay. and you're really threading the needle because <laughs> <laughs> most of the time you're jumping into the back of a cart. <laughs> yeah, a bale of hay. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just figured you know you didn't jump up into that building. Oh, I love the leap of faith though. It is it is so good. Um, I'm looking at the Ninja Gaiden flip kick, and it's dope. You, it's pretty good. Basically, it looks like what they tried to do is every time you jump, you turn into a ninja star. <laughs> is what it looks like. So I love it. <laughs> it is pretty good. The problem is uh, all six of these are very good. Yeah. And we got to cut one. Problem. It's a hell of a problem. <laughs> Which is your guy's weakest link? Hmm. Uh, how about this? How about this? <laughs> I think Yoshi, Mario 64, and Peach are locks. Agreed. Quite a franchise, huh? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> pretty, pretty good jumping in those games. <laughs> pretty, 
pretty good jumping. So that would mean Ninja Gaiden, Assassin's Creed, and DuckTales are the three that are eligible. I guess the best thing about Assassin's Creed is the jump at the end of the faith. That's what I was going to say. That's the best part of the game. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the first game where I don't you spend think that... so much time traveling. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that one can go. Right. I think that's so, so good and a perfect, like, it's just, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And or, or DuckTales. Tough, man. I don't know. See, I, for me, I, I think DuckTales gets the, the historical points in that it's like, many people imitated that it's so iconic one game you know what i mean like i also think it's so the whole thing with the shovel jump is you're doing it off of enemies right so you can you know for platforming purposes you might be an enemy that you know there's a huge jump but you got to land on that enemy just just so right yeah the other add such a purpose to it i think i think ninja gaiden's the one to go here even though it's very cool <laughs> Ninja Gaiden is cool, but DuckTales has purpose. The utility. Significance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we have our five. All right. Uh, so congrats to the top five jumps in video games. Uh, Mario 64's Crouching Long Jump. Peach's Hover in Super Mario Bros. 2. Assassin's Creed's Leap of Faith. DuckTales' Shovel Jump. And Yoshi's Strenuous Hover Jump in Yoshi's Island. Those are Circleback Gaming's top five jumps in games. Love it. We reserve the right to change this at any time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and with that, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, bud. Yeah, thank thanks you, for Dan, having us. for being here. Thanks for having us. I, you know, I wish you guys uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and everybody else listening, safe and healthy. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thank you, Shelby, for being here. Of course, thank you for having me again. Hopefully, and, we we don't end up in a point where we're doing more distance, yeah, I know. podcasts than we have real podcasts. It's it's been going on for a while. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, and thank you guys out there so much for listening. Um, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Um, you may have a Final Fantasy spoiler cast in the near future. So. Listen out for that, and uh, if not, in two weeks, you'll see a new episode. So until then, peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for watching and or listening. Just here to remind you that you can find us by searching for Circleback Podcasts or Circleback Gaming on any of these podcast services, Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Stitcher. My God, I'm out of breath because of all these podcast services, but you can find us anywhere there. Also, you can find us, our video version, on YouTube by searching Circleback Podcasts or Circleback Gaming uh, and the rest of the videos we do. Thanks, guys.